Bless the Lord. Let's sing that one more time. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship His holy name. Sing like never before, oh my soul, I'll worship Your holy name. Amen. 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 Praise God. You may be seated this morning as we continue to worship the Lord in our in our giving. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask the ushers to come. At this time, we're going to ask the ushers to come, and uh, we're going to receive our morning tithe and offering. And I'm not sure if we have the slide up. We could, we could say that together. We could declare that together. Praise the Lord. As we receive today's offering, we're believing you for heaven open, earth invaded, Storehouses unlocked and miracles created. Dreams and vision, angelic visitations, declaration, impartation, and divine manifestations. Anointings, gifts and calls, and promotions, provisions and resources to go to the nations. Souls and more souls from every generation. Saved and set free carrying kingdom revival. Thank you, Father, that as I join my value system to yours, you will shower favor, blessing, and increase upon me so that I may have more than enough to co-labor with heaven to see Jesus get his full reward. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise God. As we worship the Lord in our giving, and our tithe and offering as we sow into the kingdom. We invest in the kingdom of God. Praise the Lord. Just, um, it seems as though summer is definitely upon us. And I know that they've told me that the summer um, season is short. And so because of that, it's, uh, you know, where I came from on the East Coast, it seemed like the beach was the thing. On, on Sundays. So I'm not sure what it is here, but uh, obviously the sun, maybe campgrounds or whatever, can just kind of be very attractive uh, during this time of the year. But uh, how many know how important it is that we continue to gather together and worship the Lord and, and seek strength and encouragement and so on? And this morning, if, if you have your bulletin, um, just going to. Um, just highlight a couple of, of, of things here again, just uh, when it comes to uh, the uh, Canada 150, of course, July the 1st celebrations that are coming up, and you can see all of those uh, different activities and so on and so forth. Uh, please uh, take some time to also note that there will be free water at the park brought by the Vegreville Ministerial Association. So if you're hot and thirsty on that day, you'll know where to, uh, to find an oasis there to get some refreshment. And, of course, I'm not going to take the time but if you, uh, to rehearse everything, but if you happen to be on Facebook, look us up, Maple Street Worship Center, like the page, 
just trying to build a little more uh, of an online presence. We've um, we got in the background working on a few things in relation to a, a church website and so on and so forth. So just uh, keep that in mind. And, uh, you know, yeah, the summer is here. Summer is here. And um, it's not that we don't want to enjoy the sunshine, but we do need to keep uh, a focus that... Uh, the importance of gathering together. We're going to be turning for a few moments. I'm not sure if a title slide is up there or not. But if you got your Bible, if you turn into Hebrews chapter 10, the book of Hebrews chapter 10, and just going to dial in on about three verses, uh, 23, 24, and 25, in a few seconds here. There was a, I don't know if you ever heard the story of uh, some squirrels that had overrun a church one time. And uh, after a lot of prayer, they had determined that it must have been the will of God. It must have been predestined, predestination, that these squirrels were to be there at this church. And so they decided that why would we interfere with the will of God? That was their reasoning. We'll let the squirrels stay. And so they didn't want to harm any of the squirrels, so they decided that they would trap the squirrels and that they would, you know, just set them free outside of the town. And so three days later, the squirrels came back. And it was only the third church that succeeded in keeping the the squirrels away. It was actually two churches before that tried to get the squirrels out of town, and it was only the third church. And so the third church decided that they would baptize the squirrels, they would register them as members of the church, and now they only see them at Christmas and Easter. Let that one soak in just for a moment here. I just want to talk a little bit this morning about believing means that we belong. To believe is to belong. To have faith in Jesus Christ means that you are part of the body of Christ. But it's interesting right now that there's a trend that's taken place. And uh, it's been showing up in a lot of different places. And in fact, it was one report that had indicated that in today's postmodern society that people want everything on their own terms, and that even includes Christianity. They want instant gratification. They're used to getting what they want when they want it without putting in too much effort. And that has spilled over into the church. And in fact, it seems like it's just really about having a connection a connection. Much the same as people are connected on social media. It's just a connection. And when something is asked of them, they begin to struggle a little bit. When something is demanded. But how many understand this morning that when we come to Jesus Christ, He calls us out of the kingdom of darkness. And puts us into the kingdom of his beloved son. How many know this morning the Bible declares that we have been adopted 
into his family. That we become members of the body of Christ. That the Bible says that we are living stones in a temple, a building that God is constructing. And it is a building, it is a community, it is the call out saints of God. And the Bible says that the gates of hell will not prevail against what he's building. It's the church. It's the church. And I want you to understand this morning that it is not a lone quest. There are no lone ranger Christians. It's one of the reasons why Paul, I believe, penned these words in Hebrews 10 in verse 23 to 25. He says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. We talked about this morning or sang about hope in the songs that we were singing. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another. It doesn't say to discourage one another. It doesn't say to criticize one another. It says to encourage one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. I believe the day he's referring to is the day of the coming of the Lord. Father, we just pause one more time to ask you, Lord, that our ears would be open, our hearts would be ready just to receive what you would have to to say to us today. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would speak into each and every one of our hearts. I thank you, Lord, that you do that. I thank you, Lord, that you haven't stopped speaking. That it's not just the words that are encased in our Bibles between the leather covers, but you are a God who still speaks to our hearts today. And so I pray, Lord, that we would have ears to hear what the Spirit may whisper into our hearts. And Lord, God, that we would heed it and we would walk in it. We would desire to live according to your will and your ways. And I pray, Lord, that we would be edified today. That you would just begin to just continue to build up this uh, every single soul that's here today. That as we worship you, as we, as we turn into this portion of Scripture today, have your way, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So Paul is writing here in the 10th chapter of Hebrews, and he's discussing faith with his readers. And he begins his writing by telling how the sacrificial requirements of the law were insufficient because it only rolled back sin for about a year, and then, and then he's talking about Christ's one-time sacrifice was sufficient and that it permanently removed sin. We even sang about things like that today. And Paul then writes that since we have faith in the sufficiency of Christ, we need to grow in that faith. And that the gathering together of believers is a part of that growth process. And so in the passage, he tells us that's one of the things we should never do is we should never neglect the gathering of ourselves together, our being together. There is something... that's very important in in the scriptures and it has to do with fellowship. And it's because it is where we find instruction, it's where we find encouragement, edification, it's where we find nurture in our walk with, with Christ. And so for Paul, and I'm convinced of this, that there would have been 
no true believing without belonging. You ever find that there's some people will say, well, you know, I'm a Christian, but I don't go or I don't belong to any church. Have you ever discovered that with some people? They have this concept that I can be a Christian, but I don't need, I can love Jesus, but I don't want nothing to do with his bride. It just doesn't seem very scriptural. Because as I mentioned before, Jesus is Jesus' church. In fact, church means called out ones. He, he addresses many of them in the, in the uh, epistles as saints. And so Christianity by definition is a belonging. It's a belonging to Christ. But we not only belong to Christ, we belong to the Lord's people. Christ's people, belonging together in local congregations, believing together, hearing the word together. We sing together, we pray together, we hold each other accountable even. Together. We grow together, grieve together, celebrate together, we evangelize together. And the key word here, I'm not sure if you've picked it up yet, but it's uh, is together. You can see this pattern in Acts chapter 2 as an example. They did life together. Verse 42 tells us that besides the apostles teaching and the breaking of bread and prayer, that they devoted, they were devoted to each other. We call it fellowship, koinonia in the Greek. And so we need to get the me out. We need to get the we back in. We need to get the me out and the we back in. I remember listening to a, a teacher one time, and he said when Paul was saying you, writing the word you, as he was writing the epistles, and we read this, this way when we are in, in our North American, very individualized culture. We tend to just think of it just speaking to me individually. But when the epistles were read, they were circulated to the churches, and those letters were read with everyone present. And so when Paul would say you, it was to the church. It was we. There's no I in church. So believing is belonging. And the first thing I want to just highlight here this morning is that believing, to believe means that you belong to a new family. How many are glad for your own family? you have a place of nurture. That's one of the things that Paul paints in the New Testament. That the church is a family. In Ephesians 2.19 he refers he refers it to the faith. It's referring to the universal church. And yeah, we could apply it to the universal church broadly, but what's interesting is that in the Greek language that the church is the ecclesia or the ecclesia, according to how you want to pronounce that. And it's used 115 times in the New Testament, mostly in the book of Acts and in the writings of Paul. And at least 92 times out of 115 or 80% of the time, the word refers to a local congregation. So that means this applies to Maple Street Worship Center. How do you believe that's true? This morning, we are the household of faith. 
We are the body of Christ. We are the church here at Maple Street Worship. And the reason I said that is because there is a very bad theology that is out there. You see, there's some people who believe that you can belong to Christ, like I mentioned, without belonging to a church. And then there are some people who think that the building is the church. We say we go to church. You ever, ever catch yourself saying that? That we are going to church or that I got to drive over to the church to pick something up and it becomes a, it's a, it's a piece of property. It's a building. You ever do that? You ever catch yourself doing that? I've, I've caught myself doing that and, I've, and I used to try to like, oh, no, 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 no. It's the church's house. This is where we meet. Because if you look around at the different faces that are here this morning, how many know that this is what Jesus had in mind? This is what Paul was referring to, is that we are the household of faith. We are the family of God. And you see, the church wasn't our idea. This was not something that we came up with our own, but this was the result of the grace of and the mercy of God who saw it fit, praise his name, that he would graft us into the olive tree. That the Gentiles, us, non-Jews, would be able to be grafted into the olive tree, God's chosen people. And the church belongs to God. It has its origins in God's finished work in Jesus on the cross because Jesus came to the earth so that it, so to that end, he gathered about him a group of followers who would assist him by witnessing to what he had done. As we had looked at a few Sundays ago, that at Pentecost, the Spirit of God, who brings resurrection life to the soul that is dead in sin, brought forth by the same Spirit, a fellowship of believers, that becomes God's family. How many glad that you're in God's family today? We're family. Paul says in Ephesians 1.4, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us to be adopted as his sons. So God has adopted us into his family. Isn't that cool? To think that the king of all kings and the lord of all lords, that you are in his family. Some of us need to get this because some of us have problems with our identity. But if Jesus is king and we're in the family, what does that make you? The king's kids. It makes you, there's an R word I'm trying to, royalty. Whoa. So when you look in the mirror and you don't feel good about yourself or you're having a bad day, you need to understand who you are in Jesus. You are royalty. Because he is the king of all kings. And everything that is his is yours. Did you know that? Did you catch that? The kingdom of God is in you, Jesus said to his disciples. The kingdom of God we know is here. It's on its way in, in its fullness. And everything that God has, he owns, and he owns it all, is ours. You see, that's the way it is with my family, is it? Yeah, okay, we have food in the fridge, but guess what? It's not just mine. It's my wife's, it's Logan's, it's Ethan's, it's Aiden's, it's Elizabeth's. And everything that I have is theirs. 
It's the same thing with God. We've been adopted. And Paul got this idea of adoption, and he, and he has a very powerful picture. Because you see, in the world that Paul grew up and he ministered in, was very similar to the world that we're, he, we live in today. Very highly secularized, pluralistic, materialistic, obsessed with physical beauty. You can see all that when you go into the stores and you look at the front covers of magazines. We are, we are so obsessed with physical beauty. We're so obsessed with perfection in our culture that the, the pictures that you see on the front cover of magazines aren't even real. They've been, they've been doctored. They've been photoshopped. They're not even real. And yet they project. And there's a standard of beauty. So much so that if a family in that society in Paul's days in the Roman culture gave birth to a baby that had some form of physical defect, they would often leave the baby on its own to die. And so they would discard that unwanted child in a ritual whereby the gods were given the opportunity to throw back an abnormal infant that was cast over a windswept cliff. And if the child was meant to be, then the child would be saved by divine intervention. Well, guess what? You and I have been saved by divine intervention. You and I were born with an ugly defect called sin. And God sent his son, divine intervention, to rescue us from sure death. Amen? And so, he took us sin and failures and shame and everything else that came with it. And he took us into his family, and what did he do? He forgave us. He, clen- he cleansed us. He cleansed our hearts. He made us new. He put his spirit in us, and he called us his own. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? You see, we were hanging over a pit, but thank the Lord he's, he moved in, and he rescued us, and he brought us into his family and this morning we can praise him and we can sing about his love and his mercy and his grace and his compassion for what he did for us on the cross and now we because of that we belong to him we are not our own Romans 8:15 says for you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear but you received the spirit of sonship and that's who we are Galatians 4, 5 tells us that he redeemed those under the law that we might receive the full rights of sons. And we are heirs. I'm going to share in all his glory. The second thing is this, is that to believe is not only to belong, but it's to rely on that family. How many are glad this morning for your family that you have, and there's times when you can't really get by without your family. You lean on your family. I was thinking on Father's Day, I had a little message to my dad. And I just said on there that, Dad, I'll never be able to repay you for all the things that you've done for me. I really relied on my dad. See, my dad is really good with his hands. He, he can do stuff. I didn't get that gift like he has. I think Logan now has, is getting that. For some reason, Logan has decided that he's going to invest in bike parts and he's going to build a custom BMX. And that's good. He fixes Elizabeth's bike so she can ride it and does all those sorts of things. He can fix your cell phone if you got problems with it. He fixed Christiane's after I had broke it. 
I knocked into her, it smashed on the floor, and the screen was, oh, it was awful, you know, it was a big thing, and Logan just steps in, and he's the man, he's the Mr. Fix-It. My dad was like that, and I said to my dad, I said, Dad, I can never repay you. See, I leaned on him a lot. I can never repay you, Dad, for all the stuff that you have done for us. If flooring needed to be laid, Dad would lay the flooring. All you had to do was, I mean, a piece of apple pie would suffice, right? Dad would fix our pump. Now, when we were in Lockport, we lived there. Uh, we had a little mobile home that we bought and fixed it up. And uh, he built the pump, the water pump, the cold water pump. And he built the box, and he insulated it and did all that stuff. And in the middle of January, if the pipes were frozen up, my father would be out in coveralls, insulated coveralls, and he would be trying to free up the lines. And I could go on because, you know, he was just good with that stuff. He saved us a ton of money. And I leaned on Dad. I relied on him. And, and, and I don't know about you, but anybody ever, you know, that's kind of your experience in your family. You, you have leaned on their strengths of your family. You rely on them. Anybody find that? I mean, I relied on my mother because I couldn't change my own diaper. I'm sure you did the same. There was a time when I couldn't feed myself. I even changed, I mean, Logan's like way taller than I am. I, there was a day, Logan, that I actually changed your diaper. I could hold you in one arm. Can't do that today. But, we were, but when it comes to family, we rely on the family. And one writer had talked about redwood trees in California. I've never been to California. So, who has been to, ever been to California? Some of you have went to Bethel Church, I know, in California. So they, te- they say there's, there's these redwood trees there. And they are the largest living things on earth, the tallest trees that are in the world. And some of them grow to 300 feet high, and they're more than 2,500 years old. And you'd think that trees that large would have a tremendous root system reaching down a long, long way into the earth, but that's actually not the case with these redwood trees. Their, their, their root system is actually quite shallow. But what's interesting is that the roots of the trees, these big redwoods, 300 feet high, are intertwined. And they tie in with each other. So they're interlocked. And so when there's storms that come and there's winds that blow, it's because of the interlocking root system that these redwood trees are still able to stand. They're able to, to withstand the wind and the storms. What's the point? The point is they need each other to survive. They need each other to continue growing. They need each other to be able to stand strong when adversity comes. And I want to say this morning that that is why we need the church. That is why we need the family of God, that he has given us, brothers and sisters in Christ, that when we are baptized into Christ, when we are baptized into the body of Jesus, into the household of faith, that we are bound one to another. We belong to Christ and we belong to each other. Fellowship with Christ means that we have fellowship with each other. And that is our God-given support system. There is safety 
There is strength. And see, when we face a trial, when we face an adversity, when we face a trouble or a tragedy, God intends that we would have a family that we can rely on, that we can lean on, that we can find support, we can find strength, we can find encouragement, edification, and empowerment to continue on in the journey. Even when you're waiting for God to answer, even when you're struggling with, with, with your, how you feel or how you perceive yourself to be, when you're struggling with whatever that it is, whatever comes your way, whatever storm in life comes, God has given us the family of God. And just like the redwoods, all redwoods, 2,500 years old, 300 feet high, have interlocking root system, folks, we need to realize that we have, this is why God has placed us here, is so that we can interlock with one another. That our fellowship is not going to be just surface level. But we're going to lock up together so that we can be strong. You see, the David knew, the psalmist David knew his share of pain and difficulty in life. Who here would just lift a hand and say, you know, I've experienced pain. I've experienced difficulty. I've experienced challenge in my life. We all probably have. There will be times when our faith gets tested. And there will be some times when it will seem like our faith will waver. In Psalm 61 verse 2 David cries out to God for help. I call to you as my heart grows faint. Now this is a guy who we thought, man, I mean, we talked about how the Spirit of the Lord came upon him when Samuel anointed him with a horn of oil. And he went out and he did a great exploit. He, he took down Goliath, that giant, just being a young guy. But here he is in the psalm saying, even with all of those triumphs and all those victories and all those great exploits by the power of the Spirit working through him, there were times when David's heart would grow faint. And there's times when our hearts will grow faint. There's times when we're going to be overwhelmed. There's times when we're going to have heartaches and the burdens in our lives are going to just feel too heavy for us to carry. And what did David do? He called out to God for help and strength. And then in verse 5, he rejoiced because God didn't answer his pleas. He said, you have given to me, he said, the heritage of those who fear your name. You have given to me the heritage of those who fear your name. God had given, had strengthened his faith, and he empowered him, but it was through those who believed as he did. That gave him that, that opportunity to have strength. We can't afford to stand alone. To go it alone. We need each other. We need each other's words of edification. We need each other's prayers. We need each other's ears. I remember uh, not very long ago, I had a pastor come down, Dwayne Grant from St. Paul. He called me up, or actually he texted me. He said, you're going to be available at, uh, on this day to, get, to, to go for a coffee. I said, yeah, sure. So we arranged a time with the Tim Hortons, and I can tell you after an hour of speaking to Duane, to Duane, I walked away more encouraged than, I, than, than when I walked in. One, one thing I like about in this section, we discovered very quickly that we have a section of pastors that get together once a month. We can't get, get together every week because... 
geographically, I mean, it's too big and you would just waste, or not, I shouldn't say waste, you spend all your money in gasoline. But that, on, on, those, on those moments, on those times when we get together, and I've only been with them twice, every time we drive away, we drive away filled up. We drive away charged. Our batteries get charged. Our tank is fuller than it was. Our gas tank might be lower than it was when we left. But our spiritual tank is topped up to the place where it's like, you've got to be careful because it's just starting to spill out here and there, right? Because you're just so encouraged. And folks, that's what church is to be. Amen? That's what the church is to be. It's to be a source of strength and encouragement. And what I liked about when we got together is that we could be real. We could not only talk about our triumphs, but we could talk about our trials. But when we would share and we pray, and listen, when we got together, it was like church. It was like a Quaker meeting where you would share and then you'd pray and then you'd share and you'd have prophecy spoken over you. And it, I mean, that's just... Like you walked away thinking, man, you just had church. And it was awesome. And that's what church is to be. Amen? That's what church is to be. Thirdly, not only is it a place of that we lean upon, our family that we lean upon, but it's also a place where we learn to serve one another. Community faith is crucial to our spiritual well-being because it is a place where we find opportunities to minister. And that word minister is just simply serve. We, we can serve. See, we don't just simply absorb Christ's love and grace, but we give it away. Amen? It's not amazing grace, how sweet the sound that only applies to me. But the grace of God has been given to us so that we can give that grace away. It's a place where we can serve and minister one to another. In Acts chapter 2, verse 44, again coming to that snapshot of the early church, after 3,000 of them got saved on the day of Pentecost, is that all the believers were together and they had everything in common. What was their ministry like? Well, they shared material goods with those who had need. In other words, they looked after each other. And I believe that it's still God those who are hurting. In Romans 12, verse 4, Paul says this. He says, just as each of us has one body with many members or parts, and these members do not have all the same functions, so we, or excuse me, so in Christ, we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Again, reinforcing the idea that we just don't belong to Christ, we belong to each other. But we don't belong to each other, or not only do we belong to each other, not only are we to serve Christ, but we are to serve one another. Paul alludes to this in 1 Corinthians 12. He explains that just like our physical bodies need all its members, a foot, ear, the eye, the hand, the head, the church needs all of its members. And it's interesting, he talks about the small members. And 
You ever think about your thumb for a minute? Did you know your thumb is really important? Try to get a ride without your thumb. How about button your shirt without your thumb? Caleb, you want to test that out? I see you almost looked like you were trying to. Try button your, in your shirt without your thumb. I mean, what would kids do if they didn't have their thumb? You know, it could be like something dangerous, right? Even your thumb is extremely important. The point simply is this, is that every single member of the body of Christ is important here. Every member is to function properly. And Paul says in that chapter, in chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians, verse 4, he says there are different kinds of gifts serving and working, but the same Spirit, same Lord, and same God. In verse 7, he says, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given, and the reason it's given is not so that we feel good and get a super buzz or a charge, but he says it's for the common good. What does that mean? It means that it's there for us to use to serve the church. The gifts of the Spirit, I'm only going to just highlight this real quick, but the gifts of the Spirit are there, as Paul teaches, to edify. I like what one guy calls it. He says it has to do with prophetic edification. Edification means that you're encouraging, you're building up the church. You're building up and strengthening the body so that we have the courage to continue on, that we have the courage and the strength to serve one another, to help one another, to encourage. It's not a place that we... Go behind the scenes and we do this. Amen? Let's let's be honest. Because how many know that Paul talks about, when he talks about the tongue, or not not Paul, but James, when he's talking about the tongue, that fresh water and salt water shouldn't be coming out of the same source, same stream. And I just want to highlight this because it's so important because you can bless and you can curse with this. And if you notice it about the vocal gifts, the vocal gifts, prophecy, words of knowledge, revelation, tongues and interpretation that functions as prophecy, those vocal gifts functioning in the body of Christ is to edify. Amen? You, you can talk back. It's okay. It's to strengthen. It's to encourage. And that's why we need to put a guard over our mouth because we do not want to do things that are going to tear things down. That's not of the Spirit. And when Paul talks about the manifestations, message wisdom, knowledge, faith, gifts of healing, miraculous powers, prophecy, discerning of Spirit, speaking in different kinds of tongues, Interpretation of tongues. And we see the list over here, right? See that. In verse 27, he says, Now you're the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And then he talks about the different gifts. And the question is asked, do all do these things? No, that is why all the members are needed. I really believe this. This is my my conviction. I believe that in the body of Christ, God wants all the gifts at work. And guess what? There will be grace that I need 
that you have. You have that grace, I need that grace, but there's grace that I have that you need. You ever come, I liken it to a potluck dinner. And you'll probably hear me liken it to a potluck dinner later on. Some people are really good at making main dishes, right? You know, they make lasagnas, they make, what are some of the things we make here at potluck? I mean, just, pasta, Meatballs. Oh, those meatballs are good. What else? Good. Now, there's some, there's some people, though, that they, they bring a main dish, and then somebody else brings, like, a blueberry cheesecake. God bless you for bringing blueberry cheesecake. It's good every single time we have it. I know there, you know, I, I, was, I was speaking to a lady down in, in, uh, in Vermilion. It's actually, it was the the pastor's wife in Vermilion, and she made a baked cheesecake. It was a cherry one. I don't like the cherries, but I like the filling and the cheesecake. I said, this, I know that there will be cheesecake in heaven. I know there will be cheesecake in heaven. But the gifts of the Spirit, I, th- I find that they function sort of like a potluck dinner. You know, some pro- somebody is able to make a pot of homemade baked beans. And somebody else compliments it with homemade, not bottom, but homemade, out of the oven, buttered on the top, brown bread, made with you know, some molasses to sweeten it up. And so somebody brings the bread and somebody brings the beans, and then we can together, we got something going. We get, we, we've got something special. Amen? And isn't that the way it should be functioning? With the gifts of the Spirit that... Somebody might have a word of knowledge, and somebody might have a word of prophecy, and somebody might have a message of wisdom, but somebody may just have the gift of healing flowing through them that day because there's somebody who needs that grace. See, you can't get that sitting at home watching TV. I don't care how good the preacher is. I don't care if the preacher looks better than me. They probably do. They're on TV. I mean, they got the professional makeup and the hair. I mean, I only have one hairstyle I've had it since I was born. It's curly, and that's it. Permanent perm. And they might have a Colgate smile, you know, the, the strip smile. And they might be taller. And all, but you can't get that sitting in front of the TV. See, there's something special when the body of Christ comes together. There's a dynamic in the Spirit because, see, we bring the Spirit of God with us because the Spirit of God is in us. And see, when we come together and we worship the Lord together, there's something that begins to happen in the atmosphere, and the atmosphere changes. It's different than sitting in front of the television or sitting on the beach. There's something special that happens. There's a spiritual dynamic. And then all of a sudden, we get times like Ryan led into this morning where if there was those people that needed ministering to, that people could raise their hand and others could go over and minister and encourage and build up one another. You can't get that. Watching, I don't care how nice your flat screen TV is, I don't care if it's 4K from TELUS, like we have. Where the picture quality is so good. 
But it doesn't matter. There's something, there's something special of when the body comes together because all the members are needed. Amen. And the last thing I want to bring is this. So just give me a few more moments. And believing is belonging even during the difficult, the difficulties. There was a, uh, a group of porcupines. We started with squirrels, now we're going to end with porcupines. And these porcupines were, were marooned. One bitter cold night in the middle of a large frozen field. And there was no way to escape the very severe biting wind. They couldn't burrow into the ground because the ground was frozen. So they huddled together to try to keep warm. The problem was that their quills were quite sharp. And so they began to uh, pinch and to hurt. And the closer that they tried to move together, the more the pain increased. And so some of the animals couldn't bear the pain, and so they drew apart and they slept alone, but in the morning they froze to death. Point is simply is that there are going to be times when we get close enough to each other and we're going to feel the quills. We're going to feel the quills. And there's times when we're going to huddle close together and the, and the quills just might hurt a little. They just might hurt. Folks, the truth is, is that the church isn't perfect. And if you're here this morning and you are looking for a perfect church, it's time that you better go because you've just ruined it by coming. Because if it was perfect before, it's done. It's over. There are times when it can be tough. There's t- that's why we need to bear. Paul talks about bearing with one another. In Colossians 3, he talks about bearing. You know what that means? It means you've got to put up with each other. My wife has put up with me for almost 20 years. She just really deserves a medal. Because none of us are perfect. None of us are perfect. How many would say amen to that? We have our strengths, we have our weaknesses, we got our good points and our bad points, and some of us have some quirks. It reminds me of the guy who, uh, who was stranded on a deserted island, and he found three mud huts. Or, or when they found him, they found three mud huts. And he was the only guy there, so the member of the rescue team said, uh, why three mud huts? He said, oh, that, that's, my, that's my house over there. He said, and, and, and that's the... Ch- the church that I used to go to. He said, what's the other, or that's the church I go to. He said, what's the other hut? He said, that's the church I used to go to. That's what it was. He couldn't get along with himself. Failures and shortcomings. There's no perfect church. And I'm going to tell you right now. There's no perfect pastor. And I'm definitely not perfect. So if you're looking for for perfection, you're not going to find it here. But the mark of true community, of true fellowship, is not in the absence of conflict or, or difficulties because offenses will come. 
Disputes will happen. Words will be said. People will get hurt. But the mark of a genuine fellowship of believers is that there is, in, that there is present a reconciling spirit that says, I'm sorry for being stupid. Will you forgive me? And when someone asks for your forgiveness, if there's a reconciling spirit, they will say yes, they will forgive, and they will love you, and we will get on, just like little kids on the playground who get into spats, and then five minutes later, they're hugging each other, and they're still playing, like nothing ever happened. Then you wonder why Jesus said about a child leading them. Isn't that cool? A reconciling spirit. My prayer is that there will be a reconciling spirit that will govern the fellowship of this assembly. Because here's the reason. If there's no reconciling spirit, the gospel doesn't work. And if the gospel doesn't work, there's no hope. And if there's no hope, then there's nothing to offer to those who don't know Jesus. And as difficult as it might be for a closeness of fellowship, because the quills may hurt, remember, don't forget, that by isolation and separation, we actually contribute to our own demise. Because, folks, there is a devil. There is an enemy of the soul. And what he wants us to do is he actually wants us to have offenses in the wrong spirit. He wants words to be said. He wants people to get hurt. He wants to conquer or divide, excuse me, divide and conquer. And what we need to do is we need to say, no devil, you're not, we're not going to give you a foothold. We're not going to allow you to whisper false things in our ears and deceive us. Because we know that despite the difficulties that may come, we are better together. We are stronger together. And when we intertwine like those redwood trees, our root system, it doesn't matter what may come. It doesn't matter the wind. It doesn't matter the rain. It doesn't matter the flood or the fire. We are able to stand through those difficulties. And how many know this morning, as I call the worship team back together again, that life and faith is oftentimes trying It's difficult. It's painful. We experience temptation. We experience debilitating sins. We wrestle with doubt, ridicule. We have burdens. We have weaknesses. We have unanswered questions. We may feel rejection. It's no wonder that we need each other. It's no wonder that God has placed us here into the body of Christ. And as we stand this morning, as we stand this morning, I know we're right on the, on the, on the, the threshold of the month of July. And it is so easy to look at the sunshine and say, boy, wouldn't it be nice just, just, to, just to get out of town. And there's nothing bad about getting out of town. But folks, don't forget, don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together. 
We need to encourage each other. We need to lift each other up as we see that day approaching. Would you be in agreement this this morning? I, I sure hope so because I have preached till I am now sweaty. <laughs> Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for Maple Street Worship Center. Thank you, Lord, for every person that calls this assembly their home. And I believe we, uh, we sang a song, I think it was... Jesus, I come. I believe it was. Was that the title? Jesus, I come. Could we, could we just sing that song? And if you're here this morning, and uh, I know we've already prayed over those who may be experiencing a trial or difficulty, but that's what the family's for. And if you're here today, and uh, you want to come again and just say, Lord Jesus, I, I come. And, and here I am. And Lord, I, I need a special touch in my life. I, I still need, uh, you know, maybe it's discouragement. Maybe as the song that we were singing this morning, you're still in the waiting. You're waiting on the Lord for an answer. Maybe you need a touch of of healing in your body, whatever that it is. You're here in the body of Christ because we need each other. And we need the grace of God active through the graces that the Lord has supplied each and every one of us. And that grace is there to be served for the common good, for the edification, for the building up of the body, the building up and strengthening of our faith, to give us the courage to carry on for that next moment, the next leg of the journey. And if you don't feel this morning to step out of your seat, that's that's fine too. You can make an altar right where you're at, but if there's those that would like to lift a hand again and just say, I, I just need encouragement, I need prayer, um, I'm thankful that we have a great section of pastors that if we have a need, they're right there. And there's been times in my own life when I've needed, Lord, I need you to speak to me. I need, I need a word from, from God. And there's been those who have been sensitive to the voice of the Spirit and they were led to come and to bring the grace that I needed in that moment to bring edification. So if you're here today and you say, I can, I can use encouragement, I can use some strength. We can gather around and we can pray one for another. Some body ministry this morning. Hallelujah. Praise his name. Praise his name. Hallelujah.
my words can say Jesus I come Jesus I come in all my weaknesses you are my confidence Jesus I come Jesus I come I will rise stand redeemed heaven open over me to your name eternally endless glory
glory I will 